Hello, Internet. My name is Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And on this week's Screen Verdict podcast, we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead or AMC's The Walking Dead. The zombies haven't won yet. No. We've still got a few survivors. Yeah. If everyone died on the show, would it still be a show and we just, like, follow the zombies around? (laughs) Some people like the zombies more than the main characters in the show. Mm. Maybe we'll get some politics among the zombie herds. If I was in a really snarky mood, I would have said more lifelike performances. (laughs) But I actually don't think the actors are too bad on The Walking Dead. So they've made it all the way to season three, part two. Yes. They split the season. Um, give people a rest. That's how intense The Walking Dead is. They need to give people a break, a bit of a breather. And what they did was leave us with a bit of a cliffhanger. Yes. Now, there's going to be spoilers in this podcast, aren't there? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about all the stuff that happens in the second half of AMC's The Walking Dead. Season 3, part 2. Yes. Spoiler alert! Woo! <laughs> I, I love that. AMC's The Walking Dead, right? That's cool. That's I, I, It fits with the show really well. But then I like was watching some, like, Mad Men, and they, like, go, like... <laughs> I think they got the same voice for the, <laughs> for the Mad Men. Do they have any comedies on AMC? I don't think so, I mean, Imagine if they had shows like, AMC's 30 Rock. Yeah. <laughs> ABC's Modern Family. <laughs> But we'll stick to The Walking Dead. Yes. And specifically start off with Daryl and Merle. Okay. Daryl got captured by the governor when they raided Woodbury at the end of uh, the last half of this season. And he sort of uh, put everything on Merle. So Merle's the bad guy. He let all these guys in. And he said, you two are going to have to fight to the death. And the people of Woodbury loved this plan. They <laughs> were so into it. <laughs> So you've got the two brothers forced to fight each other. Mm. I didn't think they really would fight each other. But if they did, I was rooting for Daryl. Daryl's my favourite character on the show. Yeah. Merle, he's alright. It was a pretty good sort of comeback when we found out he didn't die on the rooftop. Mm. But they basically just pretend fight and then they go, ha ha, we weren't really fighting. We're going to escape now. Yeah. And they escape. (laughs) What are their last names? Dixon. The Dixons. So we get a bit of a spin-off storyline. Mm. Could be could be its own show. Dixons on the road. Yeah. Uh, with Daryl and Merle off hunting squirrels and doing their own thing. Because yeah. Merle's not really welcome back at the prison. Yeah, because he threw a zombie on Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> That's frowned upon yeah. in the sort of zombie apocalypse community. Yeah. <laughs> he threw a zombie on Glenn. And then he like sort of sent... Maggie to the governor to, I don't know, he didn't rape her. But anyway, we'll talk about that a bit later. Anyway, uh, so they're not keen with having him back in the group. Sort of fair enough. Like, yeah. I can understand why they don't want Merle back in the group. Yeah, it's an interesting position because I think I would vote for Merle not to be in the group. But if Daryl then chooses to go with Merle, that's a pretty big loss. Yeah. So, I don't know. Mm. Bit of a rough trade-off. Yes. No, I would agree with that. So anyway, they're off on their own. Fun adventures. They save some people. Oh, that was one of the best zombie deaths of the season where Daryl slams the boot on the zombie's head and just goes, splats. Yeah, Yeah, that was pretty cool. (laughs) So they're having a good time, but Daryl decides to go back. 
he realizes maybe it's better hanging out with Rick and the crew <laughs> than he is like Brother Merle, who is a pretty selfish guy. Mm. I might be the one walking away, but you're the one that's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Merle. Yeah. But Merle just follows him back to the jail anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Merle's sort of got the philosophy, I think, of if I just hang around, there's nothing they can really do. <laughs> like, like, I don't think even Daryl, like, makes the group absorb him. But he's got a pretty good strategy of, like, Daryl might sort of respect the group's decision not to include me, but Daryl won't respect the group's decision if they were to kill me. So if I just hang around, they're not going to be able to kill me because then Daryl will get mad. Like, it sort of works, too. It's kind of like that poor kid at high school that just sort of hangs around long enough to the point where you're sort of obligated to say that they're your friend. Yeah, (laughs) yes. We couldn't really get rid of him. He's still here. He's persistent, so... I guess he's part of the group. Yeah. Which is perhaps good that Daryl's back, because I guess probably Rick's the leader, but Daryl's maybe sort of a number two. Mm. Uh, Rick's going a bit crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's gone mental. Last half season, he was answering phone calls from no one. Now he's seeing mysterious ladies, which is obviously Laurie. Mm. There's a whole one where you're just like, oh, I can't see the face. I wonder who it is. Could it be his dead wife? (laughs) Yes. The woman with the silhouette of his dead wife turns out to be his dead wife. Yeah. So I think it's um, fair enough that we like the zombies in The Walking Dead. Do we like zombies? (laughs) We'd like the show less if there weren't zombies in it, right? For entertainment value. I don't know if yeah, we're like, rooting no, we're not for rooting them, But, like, I think the show wouldn't be as entertaining if there weren't zombies. Right? <laughs> Do you agree with that? I think there'd be a few plot holes without them. <laughs> okay, so we like the zombies. We yeah. think that's a good move for the show. Yeah. Do we like ghosts in The Walking <laughs> Dead? Are we a fan of the ghosts? <laughs> Are the ghosts bringing stuff? To, is the Laurie's ghost to bring anything to the table? I think it might have been more interesting if it was a ghost. Because she's just an imagination. It's just Rick hallucinating. And you sort of want Rick to be the strong, sensible one. And you just want him to go, she's not really there, just snap out of it. This isn't really helping. But if she was a ghost, that might make things interesting. She could actually interact with the people. And I'd I'd probably buy it. I mean, there's a show about a zombie apocalypse. I don't know. You bring ghosts in order to do stuff. Then all of a sudden, there's so many questions. Yeah, people don't like it. Then you add in vampires. Like, people don't like it when you cross your supernatural whatever genres, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I I think then, like, oh, we're just going to see everyone who dies come back as a ghost. And I think it makes the stakes a bit lower, too. And when people die, they just come back as a ghost and hang out with the group. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, just like a person, but can't get bitten by a zombie. Yeah, not eating our food supplies. Yeah. You're actually more yeah, helpful yeah. now that you're a ghost. More contributing. <laughs> when it was just a phone call, that was a really annoying episode, right? Because like, I thought it was a much more interesting, the concept of there was someone on a phone somewhere to communicate with than Rick was having a breakdown. After that episode, I was like, okay, he just had a bit of a breakdown. His wife just died. Fair enough. But to have, a, like, a multiple episode arc with this visions of Laurie, to me, was a big time waster. 
Yeah, because it didn't really amount to anything other than when Andrea comes back and then he sort of thinks he sees something in the distance and he's like, oh, it must be me imagining things again. Even though you only ever imagine Laurie and not just people being tackled in the bushes. So, yeah, I thought it was fairly pointless. And there was, like, two people making out or something, like... Yeah, you see some rustling in the bushes, see some people going at it. How do you make out with people? <laughs> just go around just grab them from behind. <laughs> if they're in a bush, just just grab them. the floor. <laughs> it's say, a, it's say, effective, I'll give you that. I'm saying from his angle, he was very far away. It could have looked different to how it looked to us who got the close-up. I'm just wondering about long-term, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you'll get a second... <laughs> I'm saying things from, like, I don't know, 500 metres away can look different to things... Well, I can't see anything from 500 metres away, so... Okay. It's a very long distance. I don't think it's that long! 500 metres? I've, like, seen a whole 400 metre track. That's a circle! I know it's a circle, but, like, if you made that straight, I'd be able to see it, too. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to have to test this at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Measure out 500 metres, get you to stand there. So Rick has really lost it. And I think even Carl at one point goes, hey, Dad, you you can't be leading this group. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I love how annoyed Carl gets with everyone this season. He's just like, Dad, you're a pussy. Or Dad, you're crazy. Just... Ah, oh, guys, just let me go kill innocent people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone with some real balls needs to lead the group. Yeah. Yeah, so you think he was asking Dad to step down so he could step up? He's got the sheriff's hat. Yeah. He's next in line. That's the that's the conch of uh, yeah. group decision making. I think, Rick, we had the overcorrect with all this thing with Laurie and everything. Because I think last season... We had Shane really challenge his authority and say, hey, Rick, you're so weak. You're a weak leader. We live in a new world now. You tr- you're too trusting, yada, 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 yada. And I think because of Rick's softness, it allowed a few bad things to happen. And Rick realized at the end of the season, oh, my gosh, I haven't compromised enough, yada, yada, yada. But I think this season... He went too far the other way, where he just wasn't trusting anyone. He was, like, sending strong people away who could easily have got picked up by the governor and joined his army. Like, he's just didn't adapt well, and I think he Shane really got in his head, and Laurie's death got in his head, and he sort of goes, oh, something bad's happened. This means I can't trust anyone anymore with anything, <laughs> um, which you need to build a coalition like, I think what the governor does well is he kills some people, but he also brings people in to build up his army. Like, you know, we've got Rick having people die and then turning anyone who comes new away. That's not your solution to surviving a zombie apocalypse. Unless you plan for your group to breed a lot. Yes. You will just constantly shrink. Your group will yeah. be constantly getting smaller if that's the stance you take. Yeah. Yeah, I was so surprised when... Oh, actually, I'm not so much surprised. I just thought it was a bad idea when they turned uh, Tyrese and his friends away. Mm. I was like, but you've you've lost your most recent token black guy. Yeah. You need another token black guy. He seemed like it could be extremely helpful. Mm. 
Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> I think like also the people that have turned on Rick that he sort of trusted and didn't trust, like you can sort of tell that they're going to, like, be bad people. Like, it's sort of like, it's not like there's anyone that seemed really nice that sort of turned on the group. Like, you know, it was the that... prisoner with yeah, the greasy hair and the mustache. Yeah, who killed his friend or something. Like, yeah, Rick made some very poor leadership decisions, I think, in the second half of this season. And he's not wanting to bring Michonne into the group at first. Like, he needs to get talked around on that. She's clearly someone who's against the governor. She's clearly someone who's done nothing against them. She's a bit too quiet and things, but... Um, She's got a samurai sword. Yeah. That's one of the best weapons you can have for fighting zombies. Yeah, no, I agree. So, now Michonne had a bit of an interesting strategy this second half of the season. Because last season you said you were quite annoyed that she was very quiet. She didn't really say stuff. And yeah, I felt like she could have improved her position just by explaining one or two sentences to people. And I agree. I think that was poor on her part. This second half of the season, she seems to be equally frustrating in that regard, (laughs) but she seems to do a good job of just going under the radar, (laughs) just quietly doing what needs to be done and not causing any waves amongst the group. And I think that was smart move of her because, again, it's actually quite hard. You can tell people to leave, like, we want you to leave, but it's much harder to make someone leave. Like, are you going to grab this girl who's got a samurai sword and carry her physically out <laughs> of the prison? Like, consult them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. I think she did a good job. Just under the radar, look, eventually they'll forget that I'm even an issue. Wait for bigger issues to come up for them to discuss, and then all of a sudden I'm just there. I don't think Michonne did anything that was too interesting, except she did have one of the best interactions of the season with Merle. Yeah. Because Merle chased her, tried to kill her. Yeah. And so he comes up to her and says, oh, you know, clear the air. Uh, you know, me, I was just following orders from the governor. Yeah. Nothing personal, just business. And she says, oh, yeah, like the Gestapo. And Mel goes, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like a white power redneck and he thinks that's like a good comparison. Like he yeah. likes being yeah. a red- So that, my point exactly. Yeah. And she's just like, what? Yeah. That's I thought that was very funny. We also had in the prison uh, Maggie and Glenn... They got engaged. We could have a Walking Dead wedding next season. I used to like Glenn. I thought he was usually pretty smart. He was quick on his feet. He saved Rick from the tank in episode one or episode two. He had that sort of dorky charm about him. The baseball cap. (laughs) Now he's just angry all the time. And he has reason to be angry. He was captured by the governor, beaten up, nearly killed by... The zombie thrown in by Merle. Maggie, his girlfriend, was creeped on by the governor. But he just seems to spend all his time yelling and saying, oh, I'm going to go off and kill him. And then Maggie doesn't want to talk to him. And Hmm. I was like, where's the... Where's the fun, Glenn? Yeah, Glenn was a fun character. You know? <laughs> He's like this angsty, you know. And I... Can we not have any more Glenn-Maggie sex scenes? I just don't know what they're bringing to the table with the show. 
I guess them, it was them resolving an argument or whatever. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny how long it went for. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. But how little sex there was. Oh, yeah. They spent about five minutes undressing each other. Glenn should have just been, get on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> this has worked well in other shows. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand why they were finding it hard to forgive Merle and things like that. Like, um, now... I feel like the whole first half of the season, like, Glenn's acting like Maggie was raped. And then he sort of finds out that she wasn't raped. He's like, did he? Uh, she's like, no. Because <laughs> as far as I'm aware, the governor got her to take her top off. And then he sort of got quite close to her. Yeah, I think if you're Glenn, you would want to know what happened. Yes. I guess... Not out of curiosity, but I guess you want to be able to maybe relate to yes. your partner more about Understand exactly what, what they've been through. Understand. Yeah. But I guess she maybe felt like he was being a bit selfish. Yes. And I guess, like, Glenn's sort of trying to be the big, like, man who's like, it's not about what you did to me, it's about her, man, it's not about me. Like, but I think it was about what he went through. That's a pretty horrific experience he had to go through being tortured and zombied. Yeah, I didn't really get why Maggie was angry at him, but they resolved it. Anyway. And I got to just end up getting more annoyed at Glenn, because I was sort of like, well, Mel brings something to the table. He's sort of funny. <laughs> uh, like, he's sort of a different character in the group. He's got a hook for a hand. He's one of the stronger men, so when they fight the governor, he's going to be an asset. Like, Glenn I- isn't putting enough emphasis on the entertainment value <laughs> that Mel brings to the well, group. Well, it's hard, because I can completely understand why you wouldn't want Mel in the group. But as a viewer of the show, I was sort of like, I'm over the arguments and the angst. I just want to get to fighting the governor, and Mel's going to help with that. There's some other people at the prison. The old yeah. dude's generally critical of everyone. The girl sings another song. <laughs> people like it. <laughs> the prisoner gets shot by the governor. <laughs> okay. So let's uh, take a, um, a, a gander over the... Woods to Woodbury <laughs> um, and see what's going on with those crazy guys. <laughs> well, the governor is pretty crazy. He seems to have lost it a bit ever since his daughter, zombie daughter, got yeah. killed by Michonne. Mm. Yeah. And he lost an eye. He got stabbed in the eye. Yeah. And his whole community that he spent the last however long since the zombie public's building up had been raided and people have been killed. In some sense, you can understand why his feathers are a bit ruffled. <laughs> I like the fact that he got stabbed in the eye because it meant he got an eye patch. Yes. And when someone has an eye patch, it means you know who the bad guy is. Yeah. I'm not sure why the people of Woodbury didn't catch on to this yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, no. It turns out the leader of our group has an eye patch. It turns out he was the bad guy all along. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it also meant they could put on the posters for this half of this season a picture of the governor... And it said, an eye for an eye. <laughs> Leaves everyone a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> so he basically is trying to kill the group. He wants to go to the prison and kill Rick and especially Michonne. Mm. And I guess it's easy for him to rally the troops on in Woodbury because they were just attacked. You go, look at these guys. They came and attacked us. They're bad guys. We need to go... Make sure they don't attack us again. 
Hey, kid with asthma, will your asthma prevent you from squeezing this trigger? No. Have a gun. Yeah. Guns all around. You get a gun and you get a gun. (laughs) You're all getting guns. (laughs) So it seems like the only people that might be opposed to the governor are Andrea, who's sort of seen that other side of the governor with the heads in his room. And I guess she slowly brings Milton on board. Yeah. She's probably seen every angle of the governor (laughs) in in more ways than one. And yeah, Milton, the little nerdy science guy that seems like he's friends with the governor too, but they start to realize the governor's not, not too good. Did he know the governor before? It sounds like the way he talks about the governor sounds like he did, but he may have not. I don't think I would have understood or believed their relationship if they'd have just met, Mm. say, at Woodbury after the zombie apocalypse started, that they would become so close and that Milton would just follow everything the governor does because obviously the governor's a bit sneaky. Mm. But if they were friends before and then the governor changed over time, especially, say, after his daughter turned, then it sort of makes sense. It definitely seems like there was a change. Like, either he met him very early after the zombie apocalypse when he was a different man and he gradually changed throughout it, or Mm. it seems like he knew him before his daughter was turned. Yeah. At the very least. Anyway, so they team up. Andrea leaves, is able to talk to the group, but then she goes back, and then she could have killed the governor, but she didn't. And then she organises a mediation between Rick and the governor because she wants peace. She's like, can't we all get along? I like Rick. I like the governor. Can't you just all get along? A bit naive. A bit of a naive view on this. Like, people have died. Like, this is a, like this is <laughs> two camps which have shot at each other. This is not like a domestic dispute or, you know, an argument between mates over something. Like, this is... <laughs> You're never going to get a situation where Rick and the governor are going to trust each other and be able to coexist. Yeah, Andrea gets quite a lot of screen time Mm. this season. She's a catalyst for a fair few plot events. She's able to bring the prison group and the Woodbury group together. This makes me think that things are not going to end well for Andrea. Like, Andrea, character I never really liked. She gives a lot of cheesy rants and stuff. She's on screen a lot. I feel like this may be to add weight to something (laughs) bad happening to Angia. This is sort of like in Survivor when someone gets voted out and the week they get voted out, they just get more screen time than, like, any other episode. You're like, oh, all of a sudden I'm seeing a lot of uh, of Sarah or whoever. Not used to seeing much of Sarah. You're like, oh, she got voted out. That's why I was seeing a lot of her. Um, or it could be a setup for her making the big hero move of the season, mm. right? Build up to her saving the day. So she gets the governor and Rick together mm. to nut things out. <laughs> I like how she's in there at the beginning and the governor goes like, okay, Rick, uh, I want you to surrender. And Rick's going, I thought this was a mediation, man. But <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's like, can't we all just get along? And they're like, and the governor's like, Andrea, uh, can you please get out of here now? <laughs> <laughs> she looks so shocked. Yeah. 
How am I not being included in this? Aren't I one of the main three characters on this show? And then Rick just looks at her like, yeah, get out. (laughs) I thought that scene between Rick and the governor was sort of well written. They had a few sort of lines back and forth. But it amounted to very little. Yeah, well, bottom line, brass tacks. You give me Michonne. And we won't attack you anymore. You can live in the prison safely with your people. All you need is to give me Michonne. Okay? Bottom line, that's what it was. So Rick had to decide, do I give up Michonne for the safety of the group, or do we protect Michonne and go to war with the governor? So, what would you have done if you were in Rick's position? I thought this was a sort of stupid direction for the show to take, just generally poor right. They're not going to give up Michonne. If they had, if Rick had given up Michonne, it would have made it interesting. But I never thought for a second that he would. What actually would you do have it. done if you were in Rick's position? Because I, as soon as Rick went back to camp, I had a strong opinion on what the right. You don't give her up at all because even if you do, there is no way the governor is just going to let you live in peace. Yeah, he's just going to murder you anyway. Yeah, you don't do it because it's the wrong thing to do. It's the yeah. morally wrong thing to do. You don't do it because Michonne can actually be helpful, and you don't do it because he's just going to try and kill you anyway. Yes, it's sort of like giving up your soul. For nothing. Because you still won't be able to trust the governor. And even if the governor was completely sincere about not wanting to attack the prison at that moment, something like two months aren't going by, he doesn't change his mind. Like, you'd always have to live in fear that the governor might just one day wake up and decide, you know what? I don't care. Let's just attack the prison today. I don't even, like, and I know Rick... Like, you know, he was, ah, I thought about doing it. We had to do it. Uh, we had to think about it. I think, did you? Like, it was really, <laughs> to me, a fairly easy decision of, look, let's just go to war. <laughs> like, yeah. The only thing I liked about that episode was Daryl and Martinez. Because the governor's sort of soldiers were sort of just yeah. henchmen. You mm-hmm. didn't know anything about them. And there's Daryl and him just talking, and they're sort of like, we're probably going to, you know, try and kill each other in a few days, but, you know, for now, it's just business, just hanging out, we can have a cigarette. I like to, when he said, I prefer menthols, and Daryl just goes, pussy. Uh, and then some zombies came, and they got to attack them together, that was sort of nice, yeah. So Rick thinks, yeah, let's give him a shot, that's a good idea. He tells, he decides, oh, you know who's the person to tell about this? Mel. Let's call Mel on this plan. I don't know if it's because he wanted Mel to sort of do the dirty work with it, like he wanted to wash his hands of the action or something. He went to oldie McOldface Santa Claus and told him because I think he wanted him, or because he said, I want you to tell me not to do it. But then he still felt like he wanted to do it. So he's like, oh, going to the angel didn't make me feel any better. I'm going to go to the devil. He will make me feel better about doing the bad thing. So he goes to Mel. Mel's like, ooh, you cold as ice, Rick. Yeah, I, I don't think I think in some ways Mel didn't make him feel any better. <laughs> Even though he was on board, he was like, he was making Rick feel like, oh, you're like me you're now. Like me. Yeah, <laughs> we're like the same guy. <laughs> so maybe actually talking to like is more helpful. Talking to someone who's going to encourage you because you don't want to be like them. He goes to Mel, and Mel says, oh, great, 
It'll be just like we were in the Gestapo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So anyway, uh, he fills Mel in and then he changes his mind, obviously, but Mel's knowing he's going to change his mind, so he's already, like, you know, <laughs> driving a machine off. <laughs> I thought this was sort of interesting. Mel went from being this sort of entertaining bad guy that could sort of help the group to taking Michonne to the governor, which you don't really want him to do. That's the bad guy play to letting her go and sort of being the hero that falls on his sword, trying to take out as many soldiers as he can and the governor before he gets killed. Hmm. Yeah. I thought it was a bit quick. It all happened within an episode, but yeah. when Merle was taking out all the governor's Soldiers, that was a pretty good scene. I was like, yeah, go Merle. He drives the car with the radio playing into the sort of compound where they are and the radio so loud so it's drawing zombies in. Mm. Like, that was a really cool scene and a really good... That was maybe my favourite scene of the second half of the season. Like, that was really good. And obviously, Merle becomes a zombie. The governor kills him. Daryl goes looking for Merle and he comes across Merle gnawing on someone, getting stuck in. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good scene. In the show, I guess, when someone becomes a zombie, it's either upsetting because you liked the character and to see them turn into one of the walkers is not what you were rooting for. Yeah. Or maybe someone gets their comeuppance. You're like, ha, I didn't like you. Now you're a zombie. Yeah. With Merle, I was kind of like, how do I feel about this? Did I like Merle? I think it upset me. This is what upset me. Because I sort of think Merle should die at some point, right? <laughs> and But I also thought, okay, this whole season has been building up to a big showdown in the last episode, right? Yeah. Where we have Rick's ragtag team of prisoners taking on the governor. And I was actually looking forward to Merle getting involved in that and fighting with Rick and his men. Because I thought he had a hook on his hand. He's like, you know, it's sort of like he's got some cool skills and he's one of their stronger fighters. Mm. Like he's one of the muscle. So to take him out before the final so he couldn't be part of that showdown, actually, I'm like, oh, okay, so Merle's not going to be on their team. I think for me it worked because I'd sort of been brought around to Merle and the fact that Daryl, who's my favourite character, Mm. had to be the one to sort of see him and put him down... The fact that he was so upset made me upset. Yeah, I did think something at this point, and Mm -hmm. this might seem like an odd question, but why are there so many zombies? Okay. Um, Walk me through your process on that question. Why are you asking that? Well, you think it's a zombie apocalypse. Of course there's loads of zombies. Yeah. But the thing is, when zombies attack someone, they eat them. They rip them to shreds. There's nothing left to turn into a zombie. Mm. The only people that become zombies are either people that get scratched or bitten but then get away from the zombies to later die or the people that are killed otherwise because everyone turns as long as you weren't shot in the head or something. Mm. The zombies seem to eat most of them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I sort of see where you're coming from there. I guess, like, the counter to that is, I guess, in America, there's, like, what, 300 million people? Like, 
We haven't seen that many zombies. Yeah, so maybe it's <laughs> like a lot of them. Maybe it seems like a lot, but it's actually only, you know, 100 million people. It's only one third of America's population. I think they don't do this because of budget, but I'd like them to go to a main city. Like next season of The Walking Dead, you know, they get to like NYC. Yeah. And there's just zombies everywhere. Yeah. They were in Atlanta in season one. Mm. <laughs> but I guess they were on a evacuated. I just want to see lots of zombies, I guess. You're like, Atlanta, man. We want New York. <laughs> <laughs> on Broadway and the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> the subway. <laughs> Where there are big dreams and they can take chances. <laughs> zombies with jazz hands. Yeah. <laughs> Statue of Liberty is a zombie. No, that would be a good, like, place for... Like, you're surrounded by water. I don't know how you get food and stuff. That'd be the hard thing. But if you could, like, take over Statue of Liberty, that could be a good um, a good thing to do. So I guess we'll say all the shenanigans happen with all the characters. We're going to get a fight between Rick and the governor's groups. That's just what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Inevitably going to happen in the final episode. Yeah. And just as we thought Angie was going to be able to come to the prison and help in whatever way she was going to help, she gets captured by the governor. Rick doesn't see it because he thinks he's crazy. Yeah. And she gets put in that thing, uh, tied up. Hmm. And the governor says, Milton, you have to kill her. And Milton goes, no. He's like, "Uh, fake out, tries to stab the governor. Obviously the governor's expecting that. Stabs the crap out of Milton. And I thought the governor followed that up with probably the best line of the season. I would agree with that. I love that line. You either kill or you die. Or you die, then you kill. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. He had to kill Andrea, but he didn't. And now he's going to die. But then he's, we're going to a zombie and he's going to eat Andrea. So he is going to kill Andrea. Yeah. Yeah, that's clever. So, but Milton was a little clever. Because when he was getting out the tool for the governor, he left one near Andrea's feet that uh, she could use, like pick up with her feet and then use it to cut the things off her hands and then kill him. Why on earth was the governor like, Milton, you be the person to grab the tools and bring them over here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was cartoon villain mistake 101. Yeah. So we get the annoying tense Andrea trying to pick it up and then she drops it and like, oh, Milton could turn at any moment. Do you know what I was really annoyed at in that scene? You didn't get to see what happened? No, was... Well, maybe. But also, there's a very time-sensitive situation, and she spent a lot of time just staring at Milton yeah. not doing anything. Or talking with him about stuff. Yeah, if I was... I would be trying to get that freaking thing as fast as I could. And if I did talk to Milton, I'd be like, hey, Milton, look at me. Don't die. Stay awake. No, don't don't go towards the light. Hey, Milton, look at me. No. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. No, hey, Milton, start reminiscing on things that will make you, like, want to die. Like, <laughs> uh, like, like, sort of like, let's get you at peace with yourself now. Um, and then the thing is, if you get free and he hasn't turned, well, get your sharp thing ready to kill him. And then you can talk with him about whatever you want to talk to him about. <laughs> and then as soon as he turns, you can just quickly run and stab him in the face. Like, 
But why you talk? You don't talk before you free yourself. You talk after you free. Like it was just so stupid. I just didn't get. It. Now I know because of the narrative of the show, he just would have died quicker if she didn't talk with him anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it was really more just wasting our time than hers, really. <laughs> but yeah, I don't mind the dropping it and stuff because you expect that and that's something believable. Um, but. I don't know why he... He was still sort of alive for a while. Why he didn't sort of, like... I don't know. Try to crawl over and get the tool for her. Like, maybe he could have saved her some time. I don't know. Then he's closer to her, I guess. If he turns, then... (laughs) Just can quickly go... (laughs) Scratch her. But... And then we didn't see... I guess that wanted to be a surprise. Surprise. When Rick opens the door, who's alive, who's dead, what's gone down in there. But the other problem was, I feel like she actually got out in time to stab him. Yeah, she did. She got free in time to fight him, but she just wasn't able to win the fight without getting bitten. That was a bit... With the experience she has in zombie fights, I found that a little unbelievable. Yeah, you think she would have come up against more dangerous zombies than Milton zombies. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and she had a tool in her hand too. I know it wasn't a really sharp one, but you could have used that. As we've discussed in the show before, zombie heads are very malleable. Yeah, very weak skulls. <laughs> anyway, we have the showdown with Governor and Rick. Yeah, the Governor gathers up all his cronies and they're like, woo, yeah, and they've got grenade launchers and machine guns. And they're just blowing up nothing. It's like, you can see there's no one in that watchtower, right? But they're like, yeah. It looked cool, though, blowing <laughs> up the watchtower. That was, I was like, oh, it is on. It is on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> the governor, he's got army tracks. They've got, like, guns. You've seen this scene beforehand of Rick and the crew packing up and getting ready. And so they go, where are they? There's no one in the watchtower. There's no one in the prison. They start wandering around. Oh, they get deep into the tombs and some alarms go off. Oh, no, a trap. Didn't see this coming. Dun, dun, dun. And I guess because the people aren't soldiers, they're just yeah. women and children and stuff, some of them, they freak out and they just run. And the governor's like, no, stay and fight. But they just flee. Yeah. I thought actually at this point, like, when they got to the prison, like, they just spent all this time blowing up nothing and then they're, like, walking around the empty prison. I thought we'd then cut to, like, Woodbury and, like, yeah. Rick and the whole crew are, like, there, like, getting all the food and stuff. And, like, I thought that would have been a good move for Rick and stuff. Just hide somewhere a bit away from the prison. You see when the governor's army arrives and that's when you go for Woodbury, when there's no one there. Well, I thought it was so stupid that after everyone fled... That Maggie and Glenn and stuff were like, yeah, we won. I was like, what? You shot, like, two of them. They're going to come back. That wasn't a win. <laughs> I thought that Maggie... bought you, like, half a day. Well, it would have been a disaster for the prison gang if the governor and his men had turned around 15 minutes later. Yeah. They were so vulnerable. <laughs> they, like, were taking off their armour. They were all just standing out in the open talking. Like, it was... I thought a comedy of errors in, like, <laughs> premature celebration. And perhaps from the governor and his team, they got way too demoralized too early. Like, they, they, for a group that just walked into a trap, they lost very few men. They still had all their weapons and all, they'd lost a lot of ammo, I guess. But um, Rick's men had lost some ammo too. 
I would have turned that bad boy right back around. I do not know. Well, that's what the governor wanted to do. Yeah. And led him to do the craziest thing of the season. So at this point, I think I have a reasonable understanding of the governor. He's sort of the bad guy. He's hell-bent on killing these people. But he's not that much of a loony. Like, he's usually able to sort of rally the troops and get them to do what he wants. This time, they don't do what he wants by fleeing, panicking too quickly. Hmm. So he murders all of them. He just starts popping dudes and ladies in the back. Just boom, 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 boom. He is, like, he clearly had a breakdown there. He wasn't thinking because, like, all we got before that was just a couple of the people going, oh, maybe we shouldn't go back, guys. Like, he didn't even have a chance to address them. It's not like he'd gone, okay, guys, we're we're down there, but we'll come back because (laughs) um, they just used up all their tricks. And now if we turn around now, we'll get them. They won't be expecting this and sort of rally the troops. He didn't even attempt that. He's like, Oh, I'm too old for this shit. And then I like mowed everyone down. Killing his whole army. I was sort of surprised that the soldiers didn't do anything. They just sort of stood there. I would be I would have been like, he might shoot me next because this is sort of a crazy thing to do. I might shoot him while his back is turned or I, just get away. But they just sort of stood there and went, hmm. And then they just got sort of unexpected. Then they, and then they just got in the car yeah. with him. Like, okay. Okay, let's roll. <laughs> I never liked Lisa anyway. Yeah, I I think that was a bit... I do not know why they didn't shoot him then. (laughs) Clearly that's the move. Because you didn't know where he was going to stop shooting me. I just killed him. And then just walked up and be like, Hey guys, don't shoot. Hey Daryl, remember I had a cigarette? I just killed the governor. Turns out he's crazy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get Rick, Michonne and Daryl go, We need to finish it off. They all decide, they decide as a group they need to finish it off, so they get in their cars, and Daryl gets on his bike, and they drive off to finish it off at Woodbury. They come across one of the survivors from the Governor's Massacre. She's like the Governor Massacre along. Yeah, they're like, okay, this is good information, we thought he was a bad guy. They go to Woodbury with her, the Governor's not there, the guys they kicked out of the prison was there. There's a bit of fire, but then they explain themselves, and they go back in. I was so disappointed by this because when you got Daryl getting on the bike, Rick and Michonne getting in the car, I'm like, this is your dream team for a showdown. You got Michonne with the samurai sword. (laughs) You got Rick with his gun and his sheriff's badge now. And you've got uh, Daryl with his crossbow. I'm like, this is a great making for a showdown. I'm sure Carl's going to show up out of nowhere because he wants in as well. He's got the hat. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Anyway... And then you've got uh, the governor and his two henchmen. So you've got sort of a three-on-three. Three, <laughs> and you've got the three most awesome characters on Rick's side in the fight. You got rid of all the dead weight. <laughs> so this is going to be an awesome end to the season. But no, they just rock up at Woodbury. There's nothing to do. They just take everyone back to the prison. End of season. Yeah, this was baffling to me for a couple of reasons. One... The version of the episode that I was watching, at the very end, just as all the people are getting off the bus from Woodbury at the prison, it, start, it sort of glitched, and then I got different audio. Oh, no? And there was still seven minutes to go in the episode. Yeah. So I got another version of the episode, got my sneaky hands on it elsewhere, hmm. and I watched, and it gets to that point, 
And then it just ended. Mm. I was like, oh, what? I thought there was seven minutes to go. I thought something awesome was going to happen in the last seven minutes. But no, that was just because the audio had looped and then went on mm. another seven minutes. Ah. So I was baffled at that being the ending because I expected more to happen because of what how long there was to go. And then I was baffled that that was the ending because that was such a boring ending. They didn't even go back to the governor. Like, no. you don't see the governor in the last ten minutes of the episode. He just gets in the car and drives off. You don't even get, like, a like a framing shot just to, you know, a reference shot just to be like, oh, this is where the governor is now. He's still just driving angrily. Like, we just didn't see him Yeah, I, I did think, like, clearly we're getting towards the last minute or two of the show going, well, there's not going to be anything awesome now. I bet the last shots of the governor, like, you know, sitting somewhere, like, you know, like, rubbing his hands together. Petting a cat. Yeah, 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 yeah going... Little do they know <laughs> they've played right into my plan. So, like, but then one uh, of the old ladies blows up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she was a trap. <laughs> <laughs> one of the people they slid into the prison and takes off a mask. It's the governor. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the half season showdown at Woodbury was a lot more awesome than the season final showdown with the governor. Yeah, and I said that the first one was okay. Yeah. There was no... There really wasn't a showdown. Like, there was... He goes to the prison, he gets trapped, they retreat. But that really wasn't a great showdown. Like, really, in that showdown, all we have is Maggie and Glenn (laughs) shooting two of the guns that Rick... Like, we had a whole episode of Rick building up an armory, going and getting all these guns back from his hometown which I thought we took two seasons, like, in, like a long road trip to get here. It seems like in one episode, Rick can just drive back to where we began The Walking <laughs> Dead. Like, um, to get all these guns. And that was the whole point of that episode was him, be- well, also to learn what happened to that guy, which I did appreciate finding out about him because, you know, I thought he was a good character. But getting all these guns so they can have a big, like, armory for their big battle that they barely tap into in the final episode. It was a big tease, this whole second half of the season. Yeah, huge letdown. Yeah, it was very disappointing. (laughs) Well, I guess on adjectives like disappointing, maybe it's time to get into our screen verdict rating. Maybe. Oh, we also just had the Rick explain to the group at the end, like... Hey, you know that talk I had at the end of season two? Yeah. We're going back to democracy. I'm sick of making all the decisions. I thought that speech was amazing. That was some that of was a the... speech. Not perhaps the word I was going to use. What? You said amazing. I, I was amazed for other reasons. It, that's, the speech was just stunning. You know, in our 30 Rock podcast, where I said I liked Jack Donaghy's speech in the debate where he kind of just rambles off political things that sound good but don't even make a sentence, how he's just like, America, fight for democracy, you and I, together, progress, because that is the true meaning of nation. Yeah. Like, just something that doesn't make... That's what Rick said! (laughs) He was like, originally, I thought, not democracy, but now I know because of things that happened, strong belief in I and all of us vote and we be happy. Like, it was, yeah. it was completely nonsensical. I liked it because it showed a new page that Rick was turning. Rick was trying to reclaim some of that moral compass that he had 
in season one and two. It showed that he didn't know how to structure a sentence. Okay. Fair enough. So now our screen verdict ratings. Okay, yes. All right, season three, part two of The Walking Dead. I think in terms of the plot, a lot of interesting things happen on paper. Like if I were to describe this season to someone, I think it would sound interesting. But when you watch it, it's not really that interesting. And I think it's the execution. I think some of the characters can be a little bit irritating. There's some cheesy dialogue. I think the best characters don't really get enough to do or aren't at their best this season. Like, I really like Daryl, but other than some stuff with Merle, he didn't get a lot. Rick was kind of just being weak and crazy. Mm. And I'm a little bit worried for next season because they got rid of some of the best characters like Merle, and I was starting to like Milton. Glenn isn't as fun anymore. And they haven't really set up much for next season. Like, last time we were promised, you know, the mid-season break, there's, like, all a bit of a cliffhanger. And then last season, like, oh, they're going to be going to the prison. This season is like, oh, just nothing was really resolved, and they will probably still have to try and fight the governor again. In the prison. So I was sort of excited to watch each week. I was sort of involved in the story, and I was liking it at times. There are a few good uh, lines here Mm. and there, but basically it didn't really amount to what I wanted it to. And I think it's probably the weakest season or half season of The Walking Dead. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I think this half of the season had a lot, wasted time of a lot of things I wasn't particularly interested in. Glenn Maggie's engagement, uh, Rick's meltdown or breakdown, Andrea. Like, it has been, and not that these things were necessarily bad things, but it just like, seems like a lot of time was on, spent on them. Um, I like some things. I liked Rick going back to his hometown and discovering that guy and seeing what's gone, what, it's sort of nice to touch base with someone we haven't seen in three seasons and just see how they're coping. Mm. Not well. <laughs> is, the, is the answer. Um, but I feel like this half season was a whole big tease because I think for some episodes, I feel like that wasn't a great episode, but it's building to the final or whatever. You know, oh, a bit of time was wasted, but like it all come together really well. Like the negotiation episode was a bit drawn out. So I think, oh, well, but that set, set up the board. And then there wasn't a showdown in the final. So... It's like disappointing, I guess, is the big word for this half of the season. Uh, look, I, I, I think, and the governor, um, the governor's going to be back next season. I someone, I read an article, and I think it summed it up quite well. It said they decided not to pull a trinity, which is have the big bad that lasts for one season. Obviously, a reference to the Trinity Killer and Dexter that everyone loved. Mm. They said instead they went with pulling a Sila. Do you know what that's a reference to? I believe I recognise it, but don't fully understand it, because I think I gave up on Heroes about a season and a half in. Okay. Maybe well, two and a half. Some, it was yeah. half a season somewhere that I stopped watching Heroes. Sila was the big villain of season one of Heroes, mm. and, like, the whole... There's a big showdown with him in the season final, and, like, you sort of thought he died, and then they just brought him back the next season, and... <laughs> It was pretty disappointing. <laughs> of, of those two, Trinity yeah, and Trinity Sila, which do you prefer? I think Trinity. Yeah. So I'm not saying you have to copy good shows and, you you know, maybe they'll have a good approach, but I, I actually think it's better if they move on next season because we did spend a lot of time on the governor this season. I think that well is tapped. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, disappointing. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. 
It was still entertaining. Why? Well, still some good stuff there. But six two podcasts in a row, we're in agreement. Mm. Uh, I think yeah, the first half of the season seven and a half out of ten. So I think I gave it six and a half. So maybe you know yours averages out about six, six and a half. Mine's about a seven. So you reckon six and six and a half averages out at about six, six and a half? <laughs> <laughs> Not going to disagree with you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> housekeeping time. <laughs> housekeeping time. We've got two bits of news for housekeeping. Wow, I have none. Okay. Well, the first is we uh, have some good news to report. Our Easter Sunday, a day of miracles. <laughs> we had a great one. It was our most downloaded ever our most downloaded day ever for Screen Verdict. So thanks to everyone for downloading us on Easter Sunday, giving us a very happy Easter. Yeah, maybe a lot of your plans fell through. Mm. Maybe you were trying to find a way to distract yourself through some boring church services by <laughs> the old earbud in the ear, listen to some podcasts. I have no one at my church. <laughs> but yeah, great day for the podcast. Mm. If you're a new listener... You just maybe found us. Maybe you found us on Easter. Mm. Let us know. You can like us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Screen Verdict Podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, subscribe us on iTunes. Although, since like, you're already downloading us, so you've obviously found a way to do that. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Maybe what you'd want to hear a podcast on. And uh, you might get a shout out on the podcast. Mm. That's one down. What's number two, Matt? Since our newsroom podcast, we've mentioned a couple of times about the, the comparing someone to Jay Leno. The Jay Leno because uh, <laughs> uh, Will McAllister starts out as the Jay Leno at news and then sort of reinvents himself and things. And uh, Anyway, there's some Jay Leno news this week. <laughs> he will be leaving The Tonight Show in 2014. Has he said he'd do this before? Yes. Can this be trusted? Yet to be seen. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But, um, yeah, he's seven down 2014, and I've got some bad news, though. So there's some good news and bad news. The good news is Jay Leno's leaving in 2014. You're looking a little disappointed, Matt. Yeah. So perhaps you're not in the running. We're not in the running. Yeah. Screen verdict. Or maybe only one of us could be in the running. Matt. Well... Tears, tears, Jay Leno tearing the screen verdict apart. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately... No one from the Screen Verdict team will be hosting the Tonight Show. Um, They've announced Jimmy Fallon is going to be the replacement Tonight Show host. He'll have it for about a few months before Jay Leno comes back. Um, But, yeah, very disappointing. I would have thought we'd be in the hunt. But the good news, I guess, is I don't think they've announced someone to take over the late night yet. So (laughs) if anyone from NBC is listening, maybe let's reinvent the format. Get maybe a a duo up there. I'm going to get on that. Hashtag Screen Verdict yeah. Better Than Fallon. Yeah, or Better Than Seth Myers, I think, that's going for the... Just just tweet, tweet NBC, guys. Say, uh, Screen Verdict for Late Night. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, that's the end of the podcast. We'll see you next week. See you next week.